Cape Talk, Hiking with Tim Lundy. And of course, Hiking with Tim Lundy is brought to you by High Tech Sports. Nice seeing you again, Tim. Yeah, nice seeing you as well. Have you ever held a grudge? <laughs> I can hold a grudge like you can't believe. No, I'm not that bad. <laughs> I I used to be. I used to hold grudges and then I got over myself. And then you got over yourself. <laughs> a WhatsApp just coming through says, yes, sometimes you have to take the trash out of your life. <laughs> but I'm just being wrong. I'm just being bad. But <laughs> Of course, Hiking with Tim Lundy is a feature that we bring you every week. Tim brings you some great paths, some great trails for you uh, to try and explore. He's also taking your questions on whether you have any any tips or questions or any queries or some of uh, hikes that you are keen to take here yeah, in and around Cape Town and the Western Cape. And of course, tonight, he loves bringing us our scenarios on a mountain safety so in a short while it's going to bring us a scenario you then get to call in and try and find out how to get yourself out of a fix if you ever were to find yourself in one here on our mountains you can give us a call on 021-446-0567 or drop us that whatsapp on 0725671567 of course you always bring us the weekly rescue and safety recap how safe are our mountains being this week well, this week or well, this month has not been fantastic. Um, it's been the busiest month, busiest August on mm. record. Wow. Um, so, yeah, accidents are happening. People are on the mountains. The weather plays a big part. Mm. People, um, I actually went for a walk on Sunday. I had a guy from England that I was taking, and I said to him, look, it's a little bit too wet, and there's rain on the way on mm. Sunday. Let's rather go up in the cable car. Because he was determined he wanted to be on Tab Mountain. I mm. said, look, the only worry I have is if we get to the top and then the cable car gets shut down, mm. then we have to walk back down. So I said, let's rather go up in the cable car, walk across the top, walk back down again. We did, but um, as in his words, we could have been anywhere in Scotland or anywhere because you couldn't see more than about five <laughs> meters past. <laughs> and we eventually on our way back, about five meters or well, about 20 meters from, from McClear's Beacon on our way back here come two... Canadian girls, and um, they're sorry. Do you by any chance they walking towards McLear's Beacon? Do you by any chance know where the Upper Cable Station is? <laughs> they'd come up Platter Clip and they'd turned left instead, instead of turning, turning right. right. Yeah, it's Aye. that easy. And of course, they walked and walked. They were following the footsteps. They were on a path, but they were heading in the wrong direction. <laughs> so they joined us, and we took them back. And they were very grateful. This week you are bringing us uh, stories on some hidden gems. You usually give us some some uh, information on some well-known trails in and around the Western Cape. This time you're looking at some hidden gems, some uh, off the beaten path and something that's not Lion's Head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. In fact, that was what somebody sent me today. Let's talk about gems and <laughs> let's not talk about Lion's Lion's Head is a gem, but it's not a hidden gem, that's what, for sure. What would you consider a hidden gem? A hidden gem would definitely be something that not a lot of people know about and that is quite special and unique. And funnily enough, Cape Town has loads of them. Um, yeah, the majority of people don't go to them and it's it's probably a good thing that they don't. And so we're not going to give away all the gems because it's quite nice that you can walk on a on a route where there's very few people. Mm. Isn't that the... Um 
the cost-benefit analysis you'd need to do as uh, someone who frequents our mountains, uh, there is safety in numbers, and we have an issue with uh, mountain safety, uh, ongoing yeah. issue in Cape Town. Um, the more popular a route gets, the more people are on that trail, the less likely there is going to be an incident. But at the same time, if you're going to let everyone know about a trail, it may spoil that solitude that you might yeah, enjoy exactly. about that particular trail. Exactly. Look, I mean, trails are getting busier, whether we like it or not. Um, and I think if you're going to go on a route that you've never done before, make very, very sure that you do it with somebody who knows that mm. hidden gem, because otherwise you're going to be hidden yourself and no one's going to know where you are. What then do you think... What then makes a walk then that special? How do you then find it if if you are an amateur walker, if you're someone who doesn't um, frequent the mountain often, but you want to get off that beaten track? How do you then discover these things? Of course, there are books with which you and yeah. your dad are famous for. Yeah, look, I mean, there's there's also the internet. There's lots of um, trips and things that people take um, that are on the internet that that people will. Discover, I think, one of the hidden gems that I've never been to, and I'm starting to think I'll never probably go to it because it doesn't look like it's ever going to be reopened, is uh, Wally's Cave. Mm. Where, I mean, that that was a very, very quiet place, and then, of course, it got too busy and too overcrowded, and, yeah, then you've, you have an incident, and it is a it is a, uh, a tricky little route mm. from what I've heard. And people love taking photos or loved taking photos. Oh, yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's why it was... And I mean, the cave itself is not terribly big from what I can see. It's not... They're much bigger caves, but it was the the solitude of it and the fact that when you took photographs, you would have the sort of silhouette of the cave mouth and then you would have Table Mountain in the background, which was quite iconic. Why was it closed by Sandbox? It was close by Sandpox. The route had just become overcrowded. Mm. It had been, so the vegetation was taking strain. The path was starting to get to a point where rocks were starting to fall and it was becoming dangerous and somebody did get injured. Uh, so they just felt, look, for the safety of, and again, I just want to reiterate with Sandpox, it's not them trying to be nasty to the public. They're there to try and help us and protect us. Um, we may not always agree with what they do, but in these kind of circumstances, they definitely are doing the right thing in trying to preserve the vegetation and, and the landscape and, and the route mm. and people's safety. Of course, we want people to participate in this conversation and give us their hidden gems, but Absolutely. we're going to have to. Um, but of course, then people are going to say, but I'm giving my secrets away. <laughs> so the question is, uh, do you think it's right yeah. that we keep certain routes, certain trails to ourselves? Look, you can keep it as much as you want. Um, my father got lambasted by a mountain club that I'm not going to mention their name. <laughs> there were some people within the club that were very upset about the fact that he had written about um, Tranquility Cracks, which is a which is a hidden gem. And that truly is hidden because if you don't know where to find it, you will walk straight past it. And many people do 
without even knowing that it's there. I've have, know a similar story. A friend of mine writes uh, a, a hiking column for uh, Die Berger newspaper, and similarly, he went on a hike with his hiking group, and a particular mountain club said, "But you should have asked us first <laughs> if, you could, <laughs> if you could if you could if you could write about this particular uh, uh, path and this particular you know uh, area that, that the that land rights." <laughs> <laughs> That's just, yeah, that gets ridiculous when people start claiming that it belongs to them because they discovered it first. Or So, so do you have any roots where, that you can maybe um, reveal? Look, one I would definitely reveal and one that I need to do soon because I haven't done it in quite some time. And the, the time that I did do it, it was a spectacular, I wanted to do it for years, is from Smithsfunkel Bay to Simonstown. Mm. Now it's around about a six hour walk And it's not particularly hidden um, But if you don't know where to go And, and where to find the route it, it can be quite difficult But the route itself is very clearly marked And, and um, I haven't been there Since the fires had happened It is reopened And it is a spectacular route um, Very very isolated Because between Smithswinkle Bay And Simonstown mm. there's not a heck of a lot So you're pretty much on that route the whole way, and um, you'll come across other people, but not not a lot. Mm. We it is Thursday night, uh, which means we're talking hiking with Tim Lundy. Particularly on our agenda this evening is hidden gems of trails around Cape Town, the Cape Peninsula, or maybe even in the Western Cape. If you have a little hidden gem that uh, you don't mind sharing with us, you can maybe keep some of the best to yourselves. But if you don't mind letting go of some of your hidden trails, give us a call. 021-446-0567 or drop us a voice note 0725671567 safety is of course an, an issue no one wants to be yeah, on a exactly. trail for too long by themselves there's, i think also there's the uh, assurance of just walking past someone giving a friendly hello Absolutely. it just gives you um sort of that 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 safety feeling of saying oh there is someone else here that if i get into trouble if i shout loud enough someone may hear me yeah no exactly and um when that comes to mind where that unfortunately is never going to happen or shouldn't happen because you are only allowed 12 people in a day um on this particular route which is orange cliff now you have to have a permit for it and not anyone can just get a permit so Either a guide, Mountain Club of South Africa, can get a permit for it, or Sandparks Rangers mm. can um, get a, a permit. And there's only one person within Sandparks mm. that actually allows that permit um, to go out. So trying to get a permit for it is like trying to find hen's teeth. Mm. I was able to get one, I think it's the 23rd of um, September. And, of course, because it's so there's so few mm. places, it fills up very, very quickly. Mm. But it's one of those routes that is spectacular because you you know when you're in there, uh, you should be the only people in that area, and it's quite spectacular to be to be able to share it amongst yourselves and know that for a day that belongs mm. to you guys. What it, what has become quite popular recently are either blog posts or, or internet YouTube videos of people going into certain areas where not many people walk and sometimes it's closed off uh, uh, trails, sometimes it's yeah. there are, I didn't know this, but there are mines or, or yeah. mine shafts yeah. you know, running through Table Mountain and they've been closed for a particular reason. Exactly, safety. And, 
I know that there are some uh, um, people chasing the adrenaline, chasing their adventure, but why is that a bad idea? Knowing that this this trail isn't used for a particular reason, but still deciding, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to do it. Yeah, look, you're always going to get the adrenaline junkies that are going to push the the boundaries, and um, you know, I just say that that people are going to try and do that kind of thing. At some point, they're going to come short. Mm. You know, if you're going to tempt fate. Often enough, it's eventually gonna, mm. it's eventually gonna take you. And um, you know, you can you can do those kind of things, but as long as you do it safely, and when you're not doing it safely, and you're not, Mother Nature is one of those things you don't want to mess mm. with. You know, you you see it out at sea where people don't mess with it, and and the mountains are exactly mm. the same thing. You will come short, and it often ends up. Really badly, and there's also structural reasons why certain trails are closed. No, absolutely. Um, Blankvater is is closed, and people still manage to try and go into it. And it's not closed because we're being punished. It's being closed because there are rock falls, especially at this time of the year, where rocks will literally just start falling. Um, and it and it has happened where people have been hit by rocks. I know people who've been hit by rocks there, and had to be airlifted out. It is a dangerous place, and it is closed for a very good reason, um, to keep us safe. But you know what? If you're going to go and try and tempt fate, well, then there's not much we can do to try and stop that. Hmm. Um, but if sandpox do catch you in these areas that have been closed, they are able to to find you for it. Is 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 okay. Obviously, you don't want to penalize people too harshly, but no, of uh, not. but but is finding appropriate, especially if it's a a area that is closed for a particular reason, like those mine shafts, and going through Table Mountain. I think that yeah. just by by finding someone going through there, I think that is almost a bit too lenient because uh, not only could you endanger yourself. If you are in trouble, you need to call in um, rescue crews, and that yeah. puts in other people's lives in danger. Absolutely. And and again, you know, look, if you do get into trouble, I'm not saying don't call rescue. Definitely call rescue if you get into trouble. Um, and, you know, if I get into trouble, then I will call rescue. It's not – it's one of those things you just have to swallow your pride sometimes when, when things do happen, accidents do happen. And sometimes we do make decisions that we shouldn't really be doing. But, you know what, once it's happened – then, then make that call and 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 get rescue out there. Don't try and get yourself out because mm. I promise you, it'll the chances are it'll get even worse. Mm. Um, rather face the consequences to for your actions than than try and take it on and, and sort of hide it. We are talking about safety, and usually bring us these safety scenarios of uh, you trying to teach us some lessons on what to do if you ever uh, find yourself in a tricky situation in uh, on the mountain. Uh, Tim is now going to give us a scenario of uh, of, a, of a hairy situation. If you think you know how to get out of it, you can give us a call on o two one four four six o five six seven or drop us a WhatsApp o seven two five six seven one five six seven. What is the scenario, Tim? Okay, so the scenario tonight is a very basic one, um, but I'm going to give you options. So the, the the scenario is you're a group of five people, and one of you ends up spraining your ankle badly and are unable to walk any further. There is some heavy rain on the way, and the temperatures are going to drop dramatically. Sunset is in one hour's time, and you have no cell phone reception. So your choices are, A, do you try and continue Hopping on one leg with support from your friends. B, 
Does the group get all the gear out and try and fix your sprained ankle and then hike you out? C. Do you send some of your group to go and call for help while the rest of you remain behind with the patient? D. Two remain with the patient and two remain continue to go on and get help. The two that remain try and look after and keep the patient warm and dry. E. You all remain where you are until help comes. And then the last one is send two to call for help and the other three continue until they find shelter, then wait for the two to return with rescuers. So that's the scenario given by Tim. You are five hikers. There's someone with a badly sprained ankle. Some heavy rain is on its way. Temperatures are are dropping. Sunset is coming in an hour's time. And there's no cell phone reception. What would you do? We're going to go to a break so you can ruminate on the scenario. And then you can give us a call on 021-446-0567. Or you can drop us a WhatsApp voice note on 072-567-1567. Welcome back, 10 minutes to 9 o'clock It is Hiking with Tim Lundy We've just given you a scenario Which Tim likes to do after weeks and weeks of mountain safety He likes to get us and trick us (laughs) Or maybe just see if you've been listening over the last few weeks Just run us quickly by what is that scenario that you've given us Okay, so the scenario is you're a group of five hikers Which is a nice number But one of you ends up spraining your ankle badly and you're unable to walk any further. There is some heavy rain on the way, and the temperatures are due to drop drastically. Sunset is in an hour's time, and you have no cell phone reception. I've given you a whole bunch of different, I think it's five or six different options of what you can do, and most of them are either hike with the person, try and get them out of there, mm. sort of hop them out, or leave them where they are and and send some out. But they're all just slightly differently Worded, and um, I've thrown a, a bit of a curveball in one of them. I'm not going to tell you which one it is. Look, I'm going to have a quick shot at it. I, you know, you want to get out to there as quick as possible. There's enough guys in you. If if five have, are walking, one of them's injured. You know, four guys can take turns to help assist someone down. Um, am how, I right? How, how are you going to assist them? Because I'm. Oh, Hold a guy by the shoulder Isn't that what you do <laughs> I guess I'm going to tell you I've tried to do that On a rescue With a guy who refused To get into a stretcher He'd uh, sprained his ankle On skeleton gorge Totally refused It was not the manly thing To do to be carried By a whole bunch of people He was about six foot two Weighed a flipping ton uh, And um, Yeah We hopped down Every single step And I promise you, I was limping for days afterwards because (laughs) it was hard work trying to carry, half carry a guy. We have a few people waiting on the line to give their answers to the scenario. You, Ingpen from Nortuk, how are you doing, you? How's it? Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Very good. Tim's listening. Lekka, man. Yeah, look, I think there's a number of factors involved. I mean... Where you are in the mountain will make a lot of difference to the to how you try and deal with the problem. I mean, if you've gone up Platicup Gorge or somewhere like that, you know, you can't really make a stretcher and stretcher the person out because it's not really viable to carry them down. But if you're close to the Constantia Neck Road and you can, um, you know, you can get a, uh, you can sort of make a stretcher out of some wood and clothing, etc. You know, we, we did that in the army um, to carry patients down. If there is somewhere that you can carry them down. But sometimes that sort of place isn't possible. Yeah. But then you could be close to somewhere where you can walk to cell phone reception. You can walk to a, a you know a peak, 
and call for help. But if it's going to be a chopper rescue, then you've got to get a person to a place where the chopper can land. So, the, you know, it's not just a question of you're on the mountain X, Y, Z. There's so many other factors involved. Yes, the rain's coming, so the chopper might not be able to fly. Yeah, exactly. But if, if you can get to cell phone reception within 10, 15 minutes and the chopper's got half an hour to get up there, you know, there's, there's, there are a lot of factors involved. So, um, you know, you can, I mean, we carried a patient um, sort of uh, for about uh, 10Ks. Um, it was damaged when I was on PTI course. Mm. And, um, you know, we did it between us. We had two on the back and one carrying in the front and we'd swap places and whatever. So there's a number of factors involved. It's not straightforward. No, but um, absolutely. But I'd love to know what did it feel like when you were doing that carry? Was it was it easy? Was it difficult? No, it's, it's tough. But I mean, at that, that time we were the army's fittest, and we were carrying yeah. telephone <laughs> poles. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's a bit, that I makes mean, a big difference. No, no, it certainly does. It's look, it's no, it's not a clear cut thing. I mean, if there's caves close by, uh-huh. and it's, you know, if it's summer, and it's, you know, there's there's an, um, so many things. It's not straightforward. But if you yeah, if you use that um, that cave. Um, would you send the two people, so the last option was send two people to call for help, and then the other three continue to find shelter and wait for the two to return with rescuers? Yeah, look, I mean, a chopper's not going to try and fly in at night. No. So if it's if those guys can get down easily and find ground-based help, you know, and there's a way for them to get in and out for extraction, then for sure. It depends on the severity of the thing. Yeah. You know, if it's if if it's something that that where the path is easy, like we discussed, if it's like the the um, you know the, the road up or something like that, and so you can get to access points, well then you carry the guy to the road, and then you get to send the two guys down. They bring the sandbox bucky up, and you get to extract the guy or yeah. whatever mountain rescue or whatever. But as I said, it's just, yeah, you got to take all the factors into account, not just a few. Mm. Yeah, you, absolutely. You thanks so much for the call. I really appreciate it. Why did you ever give us? It's a bright and sunny day. Mild temperatures of 21 degrees. It's right in the morning. There's not a breath of wind, but it's always, that's when, it's that's always rain. Go, that's when nothing goes wrong. That's why. We have a voice note that's come in. Someone giving their answer to your scenario. Let's have a listen. Yeah, good evening. Okay, I like that one. I don't think the, I don't think the hopping out um, is going to be an option. You might just... Um, put more pressure onto uh, that ankle and create more damage. I would, I would have thought um, to go look for help and to stay behind. I don't know. I would have, I would have, I would have done that. Send two off. Let uh, let uh, two go and look for help, um, and. Uh, the other two rather um, stay behind and uh, keep uh, keep the friend or whoever um, comfortable. Or, yeah, uh, yeah, I would have done that. Okay, cool. Bye. What are your thoughts on that? Nail on the head. Is yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. You wanna you wanna look after the guy mm. because. At the end of the day, the reason I'm, I put this scenario out is it's not the ankle that's actually the problem. Mm. The weather's the problem. Mm. And you're going to have a whole nother problem on your hands when that patient gets wet and cold. The ankle's secondary. Mm. Your hypothermia is going to be your, your biggest concern. So get comfortable, get, get dry. Get comfortable, get dry. And keep warm. But the other thing that I've, that I've said, yeah, the, 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 
the one that is a, a bit of a the wording that I put was the last one where basically you send two guys off and the other three then go look for a cave. The problem with that scenario is when the two guys come back, where, are, they where are you? Mm. <laughs> so rather the five of you go and try and find, make a, a, a place that is mm. safe and then go off, send the guys off to go and get help. You were speaking now about, um, you know, some guys, particularly bigger guys, have a bit uh, of pride about being carried down <laughs> yeah. or being assisted. What, what do you do as, as a rescuer, as a bona fide rescuer? What do you do if you have a bit of a, you know, uh, stubborn. stubborn, I was going to use the word belligerent, <laughs> you know, yeah. a person that you are being rescued? Do you sometimes have to give them a stern shout? No, you give them an option. Can leave you here and <laughs> leave you behind, or we can do it our way. And um, they very quickly mm. see that <laughs> their way is not going to really work out very well for them. So, I mean, sometimes you have to be quite stern mm. with people because you know they're in shock sometimes and they they're not thinking straight. So their their thought process won't be fantastic, and they their logic will be completely out the window. Mm. So you got to be. Kind of careful with them. Uh, Tim, last week you uh, told us you were on your way to uh, the West Coast National Park. You spent some time in the Blomikis there on that I trail did. there. Very quickly, before we have to go, how was that? It was perfect. So perfect. I'm going to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's one way of putting the, it. This way, this time there's the chance of a bit of rain. So it should be a little bit more interesting. And than hope last you week. don't uh, step on a, on a mole like as you yes. did last week. Yeah. No, we actually, out of the 20 animals they've got on the list, on the map that they give you, we saw 13 of them. Wow. So, and yeah, the one I got a little bit too close to. The other two I'm not, I'm happy that I didn't get too close to, which was a puffhead and Cap Cobra. Well, very <laughs> good. We still have you here. And we hopefully we'll have you back. Here next week, and that's yeah. hiking with Tim Lundy. And remember, at High Tech, they're driven by the belief that the outdoors is for everyone, no matter who you are or where you are from. You deserve to experience what the outdoors has to offer. And in a world where we spend 90% of our lives indoors, they're here to give people the freedom to explore a little further and enjoy the moments that unfold. Each season, High Tech evolves their design and their technologies, all with a single purpose in mind to get the world outside and hopefully we'll see you outside very soon yeah absolutely that's tim he'll be back with us next week